0: Hello and welcome to Business On Track, a podcast for business owners who are wanting to save time, earn more and grow faster with their marketing. My name is Sanjay DeSoisa and in this podcast, we talk to business owners who have achieved success in finding the right balance to become the happy entrepreneur they always wanted to be. You know, all businesses go through different stages. Um, you know, your startup stage. You know, you, and then you're nailing your offer at that stage, and then scaling up a business stage. And there's come a stage, a bail bail stage, like you know, exit stage. Whether you like it or not, we all have to go through that process or or that part with that journey. Um, so when I'm when I'm actually going through ventures, I I always include exit strategy in my venture it actually keep me motivated and focused on what i want to achieve uh, in in that thought process um to i'm actually close to exit uh, you know in, uh, exiting uh, one business and i i knew i needed help so i got in touch with the great man and his name is ziggy And uh, I'm pretty sure he's got really valuable information that you can share with our audience. So here's Siggy. How are you, Siggy?
1: Good morning. Very well, thank you.
0: uh, Well, I know you um, had COVID and um, you still made the podcast. Thank you so much for coming. And I know how hard it is to, you know, go through that and then, you know, make an appearance. But thank you so much for coming on show, mate. No Um, problem. You feeling better now?
1: Uh, look, I, I mean, uh, I'm certainly, every, every day I've improved a hundred percent and I'm still not a hundred percent.
0: Look, um, Siggy, um, the, probably the first question and the very important question I wanted to ask, because I know you have a lot of insight and a lot of experience, how important it is to have an exit strategy included in a business plan?
1: Uh, The first thing I think it's always important to understand where the organization is in its life cycle. You mentioned that earlier and an organization behaves differently at different stages of its life cycle. Um, And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but it's a very important topic because what you find that the team you need is changes over time, the team you need to drive that organization. So, Therefore, the exit strategy will also change because both the growth strategy and the exit strategy are totally reliant on where you are in the life cycle of the business. But um, I could spend time on that at some time, but maybe it's a topic for another day. Um, I think every strategic plan, if you're honest about it, should look at all options for the shareholders and, and the members because. Um, and one of the options always is, do I need to have an exit plan? I'll give you an example. In 2006, and six, seven, I picked up a client as I was a strategy consultant at the time. And I worked with them on strategy. And eventually in 2009, 10, when the GFC hit, they actually asked me to come on board to help them solve some problems on two days a week, but on a basis of two days a week. Anyway, we grew that business from about a $12 turnover business to a $48 million turnover business and sold it in 2017. But all the way through, we had discussions about how we would exit, either by bulking up and going for an IPO, or would we sell? Because the shareholders already were in there, when I first met them, were in their late 50s, and... By the time we sold, they were in the late 60s and early 70s. Um, and we went through a number of iterations and tried a number of things. And, and you've got to do that because an exit strategy isn't just an event.
0: Yeah.
1: You've got to plan them. You've got to try them out. You've got to dig deeper. Uh, it's a huge amount of work. It's a process. Uh, it's, a, it's a process. It's not just an event. Yeah. But because we had done things right, by the time we did sell, we maximized value dramatically. Um, I mean, uh, and and that's the big difference. I think if you plan your exit strategy, you do things like put in place boards of directors and track them with minutes and, you know, put all the governance aspects in. Now, governments is a real pain in the butt, but it's so important. Yeah. Um, now... Uh, as I said, that business we sold for forty-eight million. Sorry, we didn't sell for forty-eight million. We turned over forty-eight million. We actually sold for forty-two million. But just to 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 give you an understanding, when the when the people doing the due diligence looked at the business, they said this was a very sophisticated business for the size. And you know what? It's because we ran it properly. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, uh, I would. In answer to your question, really, is that uh, every business must have an exit strategy because nobody's going to live forever, um, and if the business is going to, then it probably needs a different lease of life at some point in time.
0: That, that that's um that's in that's a great, mate. just um, I I'm just reflecting on you what you shared. Um, so you mentioned you need. Different set of people, different uh, different set of uh, talent in in the pro in the, in the process. Um, you know that's very interesting. Uh, I, I I truly believe when when in the business is actually going through different stages, um, you'd need different talent, different strengths uh, bringing to the team. So you want to explain a little bit more about what sort of different you're talking about? Different teams, uh, different strengths. Okay, so.
1: Look, I, it's a little bit complex um, because there's a whole couple of textbooks written on the subject, by, particularly by a guy called Dr. Ichak Adizis, who's um, an ex-Croatian American professor of business. Um, but he he has a book called... He has many books, but one of them is called Understanding Corporate Life Cycles. And, uh, and he starts off and he says, look, the... Um, Uh, When a business starts, it's a a lot like a human. Uh, When it's it's young, it's very flexible. Um, It uh, eats a lot of cash. Um, Doesn't do much more but eat crap and cry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And doesn't achieve very much. You do a hell of a lot of work trying to achieve very little. But you're incredibly flexible. Uh, at the next stage, uh, and, 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 and you need a certain li- uh, type of person for that, you need a high, you need a person that's got a deep knowledge of what they're doing. And you need somebody with a huge amount of drive, because if you can't work 18 hours a day, don't start a business. Yep. Um, you've got to have that level of energy in the business. It's all about the energy, because it's the only thing that will get you to survive. Uh, if you've got a guy that wants to take it easy, take it slow, that business ain't going to survive. Um, and that's uh, that's almost that's in in Edith's book, he calls that infant mortality. The ba- ba- business goes into infant mortality. Um, the next stage is what he calls go go. It's like that stage that are the terrible twos of a of a child. Every everything you look at is interesting. It's got a very short attention span grabs at everything well what happens in business once a business starts getting a little bit gets going the entrepreneur who starts the business becomes like an arsonist he lights fires all the place tries different things and if he doesn't have a good sweep behind him to pick up the pieces he's going to burn that whole bloody place down you know um and that's very typical of of a go-go business so you need certain skills what you need you still need that knowledge and drive but now you need you you bring in that uh ideas and the willingness to take risk back into the business uh and those the two predominant styles of business that 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 or predominant things that happen in a business that stage um if you if and that's that area is often called the founders trap because the founders are people who like being entrepreneurs, they like to try new things, they like to be there, but they don't actually move on to the next level. And the next level is is called adolescence, like like human life. Yeah. But what you've got to do when you start, and you notice that when you watch young kids and they go to school. And they start getting disciplined and they can't play all the sports anymore. They've got to play. They've got to choose the sports they really love doing. They've got to focus on that. And that area of focus, that that transition from go-go to adolescence is incredibly difficult because what happens is you've then got to start systematizing and you've got to pay attention to detail. And that's in total conflict with the entrepreneurial phase in the previous phase. And that's called the founder's trap. The founders get there, they hire an accountant, the accountant pisses them off, and they, um, and then they go back to the old ways. Or they refuse to let go of the power. Um, so you need to bring in the next, at that phase, you need to put that... Um, entrepreneur, a little bit under, um, under control and you need to have still have the knowledge and drive, but you need to bring in the systems and the processes. And, um, that, that takes you into what's called adolescence. Now, these have got nothing to do with size. It's all about style of business. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen adolescent businesses that are multi-billion dollar businesses they still operate the same way. Um, I've even seen um, go-go businesses that are very big. But it's not usual, though, because the guys lose control. Um, and then the next phase is when they go into prime. So when in prime is when everything is firing together, your 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 um, knowledge and drive is in the organization, your um systems and processes are in the organization your ideas and willingness to take risk is there and so is the people side you know the empathy in the business and um, uh, and the ability to build teams teams becomes incredibly important mm. um at this stage of the uh, process in particular although it does come in earlier I'm just I'm not highlighting every single aspect of it um, and and at every stage of that organisation, I could almost tell you what's what's when I walk into an organisation, I start talking to people. I can tell you what stage they're at because, yeah. and once I can tell you what stage they're at, I can tell you exactly what's going wrong, what's going right, who the problem is. I turned. I did a, a session the other day with a a software company, a very smart businessman, and I turned around to him and I said, George, are you the right guy to be? the CEO of this company. And he looked at me. Well, I'm a founder. I said, I know. But should you not be the CIO or should you be the executive chairman? Are you the right guy to be the MD? And I think he was a little bit taken aback because people don't ask that direct question. But the truth of the matter, he's so worried about the software that he wasn't focused on on the operational side of the business. And... um, People were struggling, mm.
0: um,
1: and that's very typical because he'll light all the fires and he'll worry somebody else has to sweet put the fires out. Um, but I could ask that because <laughs> I know I know the I know the theory and I can understand what's needed to go to the next level. Does that make sense?
0: Hundred percent. Look, um, and, just reflecting and of on course, yeah.
1: and of course the answer to the question of an exit strategy is. The exit strategy is very different at each stage of the yeah. of the life cycle. Life cycle. Uh,
0: look, um, uh, look. Reflecting on what you said, it's so true. Uh, what I believe in business, um, if you're an entrepreneur, you need to you need to be ready to wear different hats in different stages in business. So you know, like you said, uh, when when things are when things actually just in the the next stage or the scale up stage, all that stuff, you wear a different hat um you know maybe look after the like you know if you if you enjoy doing the marketing part just take wear that hat let someone else drive that um so you, if you are not ready to wear different hats in different uh instances i think i think it's so true uh, you can't actually just um you know hold on to it uh and have the same energy have the same same process throughout the whole whole um journey so so true I really, really um, agree with you. Um, just, um, just quickly changing. I mean, I can, I can talk to you forever. I, I love talking to you uh, because every time I speak to you, I always uh, gain so much from you. Now, I just want to ask you another. Um, changing the subject slightly. Uh, when I know you're, um, you're, you actually sell businesses, uh, independent businesses, and franchise businesses. So I remember when we. Discuss about this offline. You mentioned a franchise business is probably a little bit easy to uh, take it to uh, to a prospect um, because of the the processes, the marketing, and all that stuff. It's it's pretty visible, visible. Uh, so the so it's actually make it easier for someone to make a decision uh, to
1: buy or well, not to buy. Well, it's not so much. It's not so much the ease of making the decision. The real value of a franchise is that um, the, you do have systems and processes in place. You do have a formula that you followed. In fact, some franchisors are quite strict about how you apply their, their franchise systems. And the reason for that is it is works. Yeah, It works. And it's been proven. So they don't really like to mess around with it until until they prove something new. Now, I mean, it doesn't mean to say it's totally locked in. I mean, look at Macca's where they started introducing coffee because uh, Starbucks didn't, didn't work in coffee in this country. So hmm. um, then Macca's come along and put in coffee, but they did a hell of a lot better job than than Starbucks did. Yeah. Um, but that's because of the Australian. Um love of coffee and the quality of coffee we have in this country um look a franchise has a lot of pros uh but there are a couple of cons as well don't, don't make no mistake I mean the con is that you're probably giving up about twenty percent of your profits to the franchisor yeah.
0: um
1: but the reason you do that is because he 's given you the systems and things like that, so you know it's it's pros and cons
0: yeah.
1: Um, uh, I mean, if you, if, you, if, if you had to want to look at what, what it would like to start from the other side and say, okay, I've got a business and I want to turn it into a franchise operation. You're going to look at a couple of things. The first question you're going to ask, if I took 10% of sales, what would the impact be on the bottom line? And if it's more than 20%, it's too much. So then, then you'll drop it down to maybe seven percent or five percent, and you'll see franchises range between five and 10 percent of, of sales. And that's because of that 20 percent of profit issue. Um, but what they do then is they compensate the guys by giving them sustainability and reliability in their product and things like that. Brand, one of the
0: biggest: yeah.
1: yeah, one of the biggest problems you have as an entrepreneur. And and there's a very good book called The E Myth and a whole series of them called The E Myth Revisited and things like that. Um, people think they entrepreneurs and they start businesses, but really they they get back onto the tools and they uh, and instead of just doing you know instead of running the business they run the, they do the job. Yeah, and uh, you yeah. the the. the the, that is not entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurial is when you work on the business all the time. Um, entrepreneurial, uh, you know, working on the job, doing doing the tools. If you're a baker or an electrician, and you're doing all the electrical work, all you're doing is you're just an employee, mate.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, call it what you like. Um, <laughs> um, you know, say it's your business if it makes you feel any better, but you're just an employee. Yeah. Um, if you are the guy sitting behind the scenes and you've actually got twenty electricians on the road and you're managing them and you're actually making that grow and well, then you're the entrepreneur. Then you're a businessman. Yeah. And I think that's the big myth. As people <laughs> think, think, and most people, let's be honest, most people buy a job. So um, the entrepreneurs that get into into franchises. Initial franchise, first franchise, they're just buying a job. Is when they go to the next one and the next one, when they've got five or six franchises, now you know that they're actually being entrepreneurs because they're actually running the business and they're getting away from running the operations. And that's a smart way to to actually grow as an entrepreneur because there are many, many a good entrepreneur that has actually grown off the back of franchises, but they're not actually sitting running the local KFC or whatever themselves, they've probably got 10 KFCs and they've got managers in the shops.
0: Yeah. So, so having like you're saying it, actually, uh, you can be an entrepreneur in franchise space if you're a multiple, if you have multiple stores, you can be much, um, much Well, think,
1: better. Of, think about it. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be negative, but let's be honest. I mean, you own a franchise store. Um how much free time did you really have to work on the business, or how much time were you working in the business? So, so you know, it is
0: initially um, not much at all. But I understand. But I understood the the trap, and I slowly, slowly um, got control. Now i I can actually stay away. Like for example, you, today, um, you have
1: to make a conscious decision. Yeah, to move away from actually. Right yeah. Over. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the point I was trying to get to. Yeah. So the franchise is a lot of people get into it because they don't know how. Okay. Mm, So when you start off, many many people, and there's nothing wrong with it. They look they look around. They say, "I'm gonna I'm I'm fed up with my day job. I want to work for myself." And they buy a franchise. Okay? Okay, that's great. But they work in that franchise for the first couple of years. And then they realize, well, hang on, you know what? I can do more with this than just do the day job.
0: Okay, uh, look, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna add something here, mate. It's, um, you know, you basically, well, this is what, what happened to me, uh, pers- like my personal experience. I, when I got into um, business, I said, yep, I'm firing my boss. I don't have a boss, and then I uh, took a business, and I'm like, hang on a second my business has become my new boss. Now he told me uh, my business, telling me what to do. And then once you realize that, and then when you start putting little, uh, little thing, uh, little processes in place and, you know, start start slowly taking um, your time back, that's when you actually start being an entrepreneur and a business owner. That's when you start to enjoy doing business till then. You actually just fire a big boss, and you become a business.
1: You're just uh, another employee.
0: Employee. Oh, I, I, I was the employee of the month uh, twelve months in a row. How good is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's very interesting. I uh, look uh, Thank you. That's, um, that's, um, that's actually just so true. Um, now, can I um, just ask you a little bit about your business?
1: I technically retired at the end of twenty. 20- uh, 17 and um, looked to, uh, and then sold my house and did all of the stuff. And I thought, ah, oh, what am I going to do now? I'm so bored. So I thought I'll go back and and retread. In fact, I was and uh, um, retreaded as a business broker at that point in time. Although, to be totally honest with you, I had 40 years M&A experience. Um, so, you know, I, I knew how to buy and sell businesses. And i had been operating in the corporate world for a long time um i uh had the opportunity i looked at at getting an Australian financial services license which may, would amend a a pure corporate finance license but the only difference with that is you you it's an off market license so you you're not allowed to sell you're only allowed to sell to sophisticated investors um so uh I could have done that, but the compliance costs and the um, uh, professional indemnity insurance was ridiculous. It was like compliance cost was like twenty grand a year, and then uh, PI cost was more than that. Again, so I I looked at this and I lo- thought, well, you know what? I don't really have to operate only at the top end of town. I'm quite happy to operate at the mo- bottom end of town as well, uh, smaller businesses. So I retreaded as a a, 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 a real estate agent which is the basic qualification of a business broker. Um, It's the same, it falls under the same act as consumer affairs, Victoria or fair trading in other States. Um, So I did that. And then I did a a whole lot of qualifications through the ARBB, which culminated with, uh, uh, well, first um, uh, a best practice course, then a certified business broking course, and then a, Registered business value at course. Um, that that has sort of given me um, the tools for the for the for the SM, SME market, which is really what I needed. I my experience was much with much larger deals before that, um, and I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it because I work with. A business is ranging literally from a hundred thousand dollars to fifteen million. You know, so um, that's pretty much the range. Although, I, I think probably large majority of businesses are probably sort of half a million plus. Um, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. No, you're, not
0: sure you're, you're. No, so. You hundred uh, percent. Look, I I don't think I, I asked the question properly, but you answered what I wanted to hear. So there you go. Done. <laughs> Done deal. Um. Now, yeah, madam, the um, just um, with, with if someone like I mean, if someone wants to, or thinking about selling a business. Um, a franchise or an independent business or you know if they want to put some plans together again like you said before it is a process it depends on uh, all you know different cases but um what are the little um, things they can start thinking about when they start thinking about selling their business or exiting a business what are the like the
1: first few things they should uh, consider the first question I'd, I'd ask them is where does the good sit does it sit in the individual, or does it sit in the business? Now, one of the positives about a franchise, just to give you an example, is the franchise is a brand, and a brand is is separate from the branding of the owner. Yeah. So the goodwill sits in the business, not in the owner. Yeah. That's one of the reasons franchises very are very popular. Whereas if you were um, Jim's Printing, no, no, that's a bad name. Uh, Sanjaya's printing the goodwill is in Sanjaya what the hell are you going to try and you know you're basically selling a job Yeah. you're not selling there's no the IP or the the goodwill is all in your name so that's the first question where does the goodwill So you want to you don't want to have Sanjaya's um, barbershop or whatever the case may be you actually want to give it a, a generic name you want to move it one step away from the owner, you want to then say, the next question is, is the owner running the business on the day-to-day business? Is he on the tools? If you're a, if you're a, um, a, 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 a tradie of some sorts and you're on the tools, um, you know, the best you do is you're selling a job. So your value is very low. Mm. Um, but when it starts changing is when you start moving away from that doing the job but to getting somebody else to do the job and you managing the process Um, that's when you start adding significant value to the business Um, then you've got to look at other things Um, growth has the business been growing regularly strongly over a couple of years four or five years Um, you've got to look at Various aspects of the business. I mean, a five-day-a-week business is a lot more popular than a seven-day-a-week business because seven days you've got to find people to man the shop on the weekends and things like that. So there are a lot of aspects. Now, sometimes you can't change that. Sometimes that's just part of the deal. But then you've got to look at other aspects to actually to see what it is. Now, you then got to go through your your business. Is it a business... There's some attributes that are really disliked by buyers. Um, you can start with things like, um, uh, I mentioned the one, seven days a week. Yeah. Um, uh, another negative aspect would be very huge, big stock holdings. If you've got big stock holdings, it's difficult to, to sell the business because the cost of selling it is implicated by the cost of the stock holding that you carry. I mean, I had a business for sale. I'll give you an example. They had $3.5 million worth of stock and the business was only worth, I had to, we had to, and it was making a million and a half profit, but we couldn't sell the business for $3 million because, um, because of the high stock level. Yep. Um, uh, so are there ne- negative aspects like stock? What about debtors? um and bad debts and what's your debtors track record now clean is your book Mm. um uh and so on and so forth and you can go through every aspect you know um your employees uh, do you have long-serving employees well if they've got long service leave and leave entitlements and things like that you've got to actually deduct that value off the or that cost off the value of the business because whoever buys it is going to have to pay them that unless you pay them out. Um, in this country, you can pay them out. In other, some other countries, you're not allowed to pay them out. You, they, they have to go with the employee. Um, so there are many aspects like that. You've really got to look at each business. And each business is a unique footprint and has many aspects to it that are both positive and negative. And you've got to look at the negative ones and say... What mitigations, mitigation strategies can I have to reduce that those negative aspects, and in the positive ones, what strategies can I have to enhance them? Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you another example. I came across a little startup business that in in fourteen months grew from zero dollars turnover to eighty five thousand dollars a month, and it was growing at thirty three percent a quarter. And I ended up having to value that business for a potential purchaser. Um, it was a very interesting exercise. Um, but one of the things that you've got to, I've got to, add to start understanding then is where does the growth come from? How sustainable is it? Mm. And then what about the span of control? Will this guy, be, will this Japanese partner be able to control that growth going forward? At what point are they going to lose control of it? yeah so you process. Even, even 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 a good story can be a bad story yeah yeah you know what I mean so you've got to be you've got to be very, very careful yeah um, and really understand what's making a business tick yeah and and, and um, it's probably the,
0: the the story you see on the surface is not exactly what's actually happening in the business sometimes you no, just you've uh, got to dig a lot deeper yeah yeah. Look, um, um, Ziggy, I just want to ask you uh, uh, this one because I, I do come across a lot of um, young entrepreneurs, and I, you know, I love people actually wanting to do business. Young people want to do business, um, and um, you know, it, it's probably been a while for 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 us, um, you know, being in school. But I can't recall, you know, having any sort of uh, knowledge or background or collecting any sort of things from my school days. Or from a university days, just that actually helped me. We're doing business, like you know, you know, um, you need I to think, have. A- I think
1: I think that's one of the travesties of the of the education system. Um, I think it's I think it's criminal that we teach people some of the crap that we do, and we don't teach them the very fundamentals of economics. Because at the end of the day, the one thing that'll make us all survive is economics. But not everybody's interested, so there you go.
0: <laughs> so look, um, it's, you know, I think it's more, uh, more than anything it is, um, it's okay to fail and learn the lesson, move, move on. You know, you need to, it's okay for you to not, not know everything, you need to have uh, people to, you know, you need to have an ecosystem, you need to have people to support you, that sort of thing, and public speaking, all these soft skills we never got told in schools to, you know, they are important to survive in this world, especially in business world. Um, it is, is there, is there anything highlights in, in your top, top in your mind? You're going, hang on a second. If, you know, if someone, young person coming and asks me this question, what should I learn apart from the crap? Oh, not crap. I shouldn't say crap. The things we learn in school, is there anything you recommend us to, you know, keep working on? um just if i want to get into business one day what would you recommend just one thing one skill or you know a couple of skills let's do it let's do it <laughs> got it
1: fake it until you make it
0: yeah All learn right.
1: man and become, I love it be, be, be become become a become a a sponge and read everything you can. Learn everything you can. Google everything you can. Google's fantastic. Um, if you if you need to know anything, Google it. You'll find it. And even if you don't, you know, even if it's not exactly what you, it doesn't matter. You learn. And you know, a, a, a humans' capacity to learn is infinite. And if you if you adapt the 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 uh, 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 the life, you know, the lifelong learning kind of approach to, to everything. Um, and I'm not talking about being an academic. I'm actually talking about real on the ground learning. Yeah. Um, just learn all the time. Don't do everything but, w- without thinking, get out there and think, yep. take chances, make mistakes, Learn the best it. lessons <laughs> the best lessons come from making mistakes yeah. every time you fail you'll learn something that' that's invaluable. Um, failure is not a problem is failure is the best friend you have. Like someone said
0: uh, to me once um, if you're in business uh, you know you make mistakes only because you're human but if you make the same mistake, you're a bloody idiot. So learn from your mistake, move on, make a new mistake,
1: go move forward. Absolutely. And you know what? Nobody's perfect. But the no. most important thing is, I think, learn. Just yeah. learn. And, and, you know, um, the human condition is such that we will make many mistakes. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay. Um, because you learn from it. Yeah.
0: Look, I think the title for this podcast will be you know, it's okay to make mistakes. Um, I, I think it's I, I think it's a great, valuable uh, thing we can actually share with everyone. Just you know, if someone's wanted to get into business, please be okay with making mistakes and learn from it. Move on. Go and make a new mistake. <laughs> That's
1: it. You know, um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a, a story. Um, I um, the first company I bought. Um, we were about six months in and i had to had payroll to pay we in south africa you pay payroll monthly you don't pay weekly or fortnightly everything is done monthly and i was faced with it i didn't have enough cash to pay the payroll so i went and i went and visited all my clients and i collected money and uh, i didn't have enough money on the payday i paid a day later i lied to the staff i said to them i um, uh, I pressed the wrong button so I didn't send it off, sorry uh, and uh, I paid them a day late but I paid them and I never missed a payday again but I, I, I tell you what, the lesson out of that was get your ducks in the row a lot quicker yeah. and and you know what um, cash flow, managing cash flow in a business is one of the most important lessons you can learn Yeah. And you don't learn that from a textbook, you no. know. They'll tell you all about it, but it's not the same.
0: No, um,
1: I think once
0: you have that sort of uh, uh, that sort of stress stress in your head, all you know your your efficiency goes down the drain. Because being there, done that. It just you know when you have that, uh, if you don't keep you know one eye on that cash flow, all that stuff, month in, month out after a while, you know, that stress gets to you and then you become useless. You can't make decisions. Well, the counter
1: the counter argument is once you've been through a situation like that, you never make that mistake again. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, you don't want to go there again. <laughs> um, S- Siggy, um, so what's coming up? Tell me something. What's uh, what's happening? What's exciting news coming up with you in, the, in your side of the world?
1: Um, wow. I'm actually very busy at the moment, but I haven't done anything for about four days. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, look I, I really appreciate you coming on again I just have to remind everyone I mean this man has been struck by um COVID and he still made an appearance and I'm so grateful for that and um, thank you Sigi. look uh, for, uh lastly finally um where can we find you um we just uh if someone wants to get in touch with you uh where can we find you
1: uh, you can find me on LinkedIn on Facebook I've got um, business um, things and of course at BF brokers um, uh, so yeah I'm contactable yeah um, and um, I'm always happy to talk to people and um, very happy to give them direction um, I don't really do that much consulting these days anymore I used to do a lot but I, I really don't have the time anymore but I'm happy to give direction and advice. I, I do belong to another crowd as well called the Network of Consulting Professionals. Um, and uh, the, the uh, group is really a bunch of C-suite executives who are actually consulting to the SME market. And uh, I've recently um, uh, sent three of them Uh, one was a guy that does crms and things to 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 a company another one was a virtual cfo and another one was a virtual hr provider and i've sent all three into one company that i actually did some work with earlier why because you can and they need the help so um, i I think it's it's always good you always collaborate with people and with a lot of people like that and I find those people that I send work to like that in the end bring me uh, opportunities. Yeah, so yeah. I'm always happy to share and share with everyone because I just find the more I share, the more I get back
0: i think I think one of the one of the amazing things uh for me personally uh, happened uh, doing business is just you you bump into these amazing people actually doing amazing work and you know think outside. Outside the square, and just you know, it's amazing how the the people you know the people you can actually um, get to talk to. It's 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 amazing you how much you learn, how much you um, learn every day and learn new things. I mean, I did not get that when I was actually working full time. I uh, you know business is not easy, but it's the fun part is you'll bump into amazing people. So thank you, Sigi. You're uh, you're one of those amazing people, and I really admire you. Um, So thank you. And I'm, um, yeah, look, I hope you will get better
1: soon. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Have a good day. Yes. Have a wonderful day. Cheers, mate.
0: Thank you for listening to the Business on Track podcast. Our aim is to inspire entrepreneurs in finding the right balance that helps them grow through strategic marketing. You can find out more about how Business on Track can help you by visiting our LinkedIn page or by visiting our website,
1: businessontrack.com.au.